Hello and welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss Web Summit 2020. A few years ago, I attended TechCrunch Disrupt, a technology conference in Berlin. It was thoroughly enjoyable to travel to Germany and to soak up the atmosphere from one of the most cosmopolitan cities in Europe. With the impact of the pandemic, we decided to attend Web Summit 2020 virtually. Usually Web Summit is held in Lisbon, Portugal, and this year the event was held online. It's the largest tech conference in Europe with over 100,000 people attending, including corporates, venture capitalists, startups and other attendees. This wasn't my first virtual conference because I'd recently attended Brits in the Bay online. Again, Brits in the Bay is usually held in person by DBX in San Francisco. It's fair to say that I probably wouldn't have attended both Web Summit and Brits in the Bay had it not been a virtual event. Virtual events allow for bigger audiences because you don't have to travel, pay for expensive hotels, etc. Of course, because it's virtual, it's not as personable and it's harder to read the room. This makes it difficult when you're meeting people for the first time. I was particularly impressed with the Mingle feature on the Web Summit event platform. This allowed you to network with other conference attendees with random video calls limited to three minutes in duration. After each networking session concluded, feedback was given, helping the algorithm provide better matching for the future. Whilst the matching wasn't brilliant, it was very exciting waiting to see who you would meet next. I did meet one person I knew out of about 50 networking sessions. Virtual networking is fantastic for business development and for building partnerships. It's a great way to meet new people. In a three minute dialogue, you've got to decide who goes first and how to use your one and a half minutes. I think early on you get to understand whether there's common ground. In cases where the partnership isn't possible, you get to learn lots of interesting information about how people are trying to make their ideas a reality. In addition to the ability to conduct virtual networking on the Web Summit platform, there were five main stages available, uh, five different tracks. Attendees could choose from Channel 1, which was for general keynotes, Channel 2 for creators, Channel 3 for society, Channel 4 for builders, and Channel 5 was for Portugal. Whilst the event was largely online, it was good to see some footage from Lisbon, Portugal, where the annual event usually takes place. Talks tended to be shorter than the in-person equivalents due to the online nature of the summit. And I think this was quite wise given attention spans and Zoom fatigue. Whilst main stage keynotes would often be attended by over a thousand people with live chat interactions, if you wanted to experience something more interactive, you could join Q&A sessions or masterclasses. I joined one masterclass held by AWS, where instead of joining a text-based live chat, I was able to join the video conference. I generally preferred the more interactive sessions, making connections rather than consuming content. One of the frustrations of the show was posting questions that didn't seem to see the light of day. Perhaps I needed to ask better questions or get them in earlier. This could represent a big opportunity for future online events to make them more personable and interactive. Ordinarily, virtual events have fixed start and end dates, but should they be allowed to run on? Some trade shows have pre and post conference sessions and perhaps online events can be expanded beyond their predetermined dates. On the third and final day of the event, the conference continued on into the evening. Web Summit started each day at 12 noon till 8pm to accommodate both European and American time zones. 
Many of the guest speakers joined from the United States, including former actresses Jessica Alba and Gwyneth Paltrow, and top-tier venture capitalists such as Sequoia, Klein Perkins and Index Ventures. Whilst Web Summit claimed to be the preeminent European tech conference, there was a big US influence on the show. When you're at a trade show, the last day often involves a rush to the airport to get home. Virtual conferences don't have the packing up of bags and stands before the show is even finished. Web Summit gave all participants both a password-protected website and a companion mobile app. Long after the conference had finished, I continued to receive messages and connections from participants. It makes you wonder whether the actual conference ever ends. And perhaps there's a missed opportunity from the conference organisers not to extend the event further. There is no question the amount of data created on both the Web Summit web app and mobile apps will be astonishing. It will be interesting to see how the event organisers use the data for next year's events. Perhaps they will compare the data from 2020 to 2021 in sophisticated ways to make for an even better event experience for returning participants. In a traditional trade show, your badge is scanned and there are technologies for geographical understanding such as footfall. However, in comparison, online events have a much deeper understanding of speakers, sponsors and attendees. And this should, in theory, lead to greater personalisation. Web Summit has announced they will be back in Lisbon in 2021. It will be interesting to see how they balance the needs of in-person attendees versus online participants. Personally, I love attending live events, but given the economics, the environmental impact and the travel times, it's tempting to stay at home. Face-to-face communication is especially best when you're meeting people for the first time. However, video calls offering sophisticated matching might surpass the effectiveness of in-person exhibition shows. Ultimately, I think hybrid events will be the way forward. Event organisers will have to strike a careful balance between the offer for in-person attendees versus online participants. Organisers will need to think about the price of an online ticket versus that that's given to people attending in person. Sponsorship is key to events. Sponsors, after all, are the largest funders to events and how they choose to spend their money will determine the scale, the size and the overall experience of events moving forward. Perhaps smaller in-person trade shows will be complemented by online participants. There are those instances where you just need to meet the person face to face. But for everything else, should the default be online? If you'd like to learn more about hosting virtual events, go ahead and visit eventanywhere.com. Thank you for listening to the Learning Summit podcast, where we reviewed Web Summit 2020. If you've enjoyed it, do share on social media and subscribe. And until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.